Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from February 7th, 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and joining me is Robbie. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening. We, we were just talking about uh, trying to come up with a different way to intro the podcast. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Man. Okay. I might throw in a hottie. Hattie. Hattie. Who? You do that. You're from Texas. You moved here from they Texas. They don't say it like that in Texas. Hattie. Well, agree to disagree. Hey, <laughs> I had a strange thing happen to me on Sunday morning. You did? Yes. I, my, my phone, I think it was Sunday morning. It may have been Saturday morning. I don't know. I It woke me up early, as it does on most days. And it said, good morning. It is negative zero degrees. Huh. And is I that thought, worse than regular zero? Well, that's what I wanted to say, is that my phone is supposed to be a mathematical whiz. Like, it's a computer, Right. It should know that there's no such thing as negative zero. That really bothered me. I thought maybe it was like having, I don't know. I thought it was having a glitch and it was going to implode and smoke was going to start coming out of its ears. Hmm. ears. But it was negative zero. It's an extra cold zero. I don't understand. What? Explain that to me, Robbie. How can you negative cold zero? zero. Uh, well, obviously it can't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that a glitch. Does it always say, now i got to start paying attention. Does it always say negative zero? Or no. Is it just... I think it usually says zero. I mean, I don't know. How often do you check it right when it happens to be zero? It very, not very often. Right. It certainly only happens a few months of the year. <laughs> it's only possible a few months of the year. But, I mean, in Wisconsin, it's possible eight months of the year. But <laughs> Right. It has, it, has been, it has been extraordinarily cold here, which is, which I don't mind, actually. I actually love the winter here, so... I do too. My layer game is on point. I'm currently wearing seven layers and, and feel cozy as can be. And yet you are still almost in the size of an average human being. Almost. Widthwise. That's why that's why I wear all the layers, so that yeah. I can look normal. That does I didn't notice you were wearing layers today. So that just tells goes to show See? you you're you're uh yeah, you looked I was gonna say you looked healthy today. Oh. Thanks? Is that don't know. Now that you know it's all a facade, that feels less complimentary. It does. Now I'm worried about you again. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well, we have more important things to talk about Surely. than negative zero. Um, and one of them is we got a question this week. Hooray. It was a great question. I do love questions. So you, I think you have that question for us. I do. It's right in front of me. I am prepared. Um, so as you were walking through John 17 and the high priestly prayer, Jesus, uh, which is just an extraordinary passage. Uh, it's so encouraging, so incredible. At one point in there, Jesus said he wasn't praying for the world, but just the ones that God gave him. And so the question is, so when it says earlier in John, God so loved the world, who is the world? So if I'm understanding the question correctly, then it's if if here Jesus is not praying for the world, uh, is 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 that the same group of people or a different group of people that he's talking about in John three sixteen? Yeah. And I think I love this question and it's a really important question. So the reason I love the question is because it's demonstrating a belief from the person who asked it, that 
that scripture works in unity that yes it's that we don't we don't assume that there's well there's going to be contradictions and there's going to be things you just got to try to figure it out or whatever you assume that there is unity and it can't be teaching something can't be teaching one thing over here and then a completely different thing over here and so i i love that that desire to try to reconcile and say yeah. okay yeah. what then what does this mean um and it is it's it's this in particular then is a really interesting question because Jesus is recorded as saying both of these things in the same book. Yep. So on one hand, he says, God so loved the world. Um, and then on this hand, he, he says, okay, I'm not praying for the world. I'm, I'm praying for those who believe. And, um, and so how do, how do we make sense of that? Um, and I think the, the first thing that we always want to do is just understand context. Whenever you see a word being That's used, right. you, you want to understand, okay, what is what is the main point? How is it being used in, in the immediate context? Is it more clear in a in a different part of the passage? And I think here that that gives us one of the one of the clues, which is that Jesus is clearly talking about the world in um, as those opposed to the kingdom of God. And I say that because he says earlier about how the world will hate you and um, the world hated me. And so the world will hate you because you're not of this world. I think that is um, that gives us some indication that at least in that sense, he's he's referring to it as as those who would oppose the kingdom of God. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, he he he's refers to Satan as uh as the ruler of this world. So, so clearly in this context, in this prayer, he's using this word in, in a particular way. And, and within this prayer, it seems pretty consistent to me how he's using it. Yeah. And, and really, I think it is helpful to understand that the use of the word world in, in scripture here, it's, it's not all, not, not all that unlike how we use it. Correct. So we can mean a lot of different things when we say world. Right. So if I if I say, you know, this event changed the whole world, I mean something different than when I say, well, this thing that happened to me, like turned my world upside down. The there's different words. We could mean yeah. we could mean the whole literal world. We could mean um, like the the earth. We could mean all of creation. We could mean my sphere of influence or my my little world. Um, there's. Yeah. And all of those are are appropriate uses of that word, right? There are sometimes you'd use you'd use a word and you go, well, you're not using it correctly. But but those are all you know based on how we use the English language. Those are all appropriate ways to use the word world, and we would understand based on the context. Like hopefully, I would have the discernment to know when you say, oh, this circumstance has turned my world upside down. I am not wondering, oh my goodness, has the earth shifted on its axis? I, I would know, okay, obviously you don't mean the whole world and every person on it or the earth itself. You mean your sphere of influence. Yeah, and I think, you know, that is that is critical to to understand that when you're using a generic word like this, I mean, we, we say that sometimes about the word love. So there are different ways that, I could use the word love. Like I love my wife is different than I love cheeseburgers. And I can use that word in both phrases and nobody would think it was weird. Um, but the context of 
who I'm saying it to or about tells me what do I mean by that. Yeah. And and so here, then we go back to that context. And in John 15 through 17, Jesus is using that term. He, he explains it himself and is talking about it being those opposed to the kingdom of God. And so that carries through. Whereas in John 3, he is talking about something different. He's talking about why... Why did Jesus, why did he even come into the world? Meaning, in like, why did he come into temporary, like this finite creation, the, the creation of God? Why did God incarnate, like become incarnate and step into his creation in time and space? Yeah. Which yeah. is a, a response to a question from Nicodemus. Correct. And so in that sense, he's, I would say, wouldn't you, Robbie, that he's speaking in a much more generic sense of God's creation. Yes. I mean, I think even even broader than we typically assume, like we typically read that and go, oh yeah, he means all of the people. But I even think that's too yes. narrow because if you turn to Romans, you see creation itself is groaning to be to be renewed. And, and, and we see, you know, then in Revelation that creation itself receives renewal and redemption. And so, um, so this is a much more broad, like this is the way that God loved his entire creation and is working to redeem all things. Yeah, and I think, you know, it is important, especially when it comes to the world or all. Um, you also see it in the Great Commission with uh, when Jesus gives the Great Commission. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. Obviously, he's not saying, you know, go to Kyrgyzstan and disciple Kyrgyzstan, you know, as a, as a country. He's also not saying that, um, that every single person, like that's, that's not saying that every person is going to be a disciple. Um, it's, it's saying like, this is going to go to every nation. This gospel is going to go to every corner of the earth. And, um, you know, similarly in Acts 1, 8, where, you know, he talks about your, your, how you're going to be to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Um, that's not of that's we wouldn't take that out and say, well, Jesus believed the world was flat. Like there's actually an end somewhere that you can go and find, like into the world, Shell Silverstein style. Um, that, that's such a weird <laughs> reference. A great reference. Great reference. That, that book cover immediately popped yeah. out of my head. So, so we, so yeah, you need to understand um, context in that. So I would say um, that here, and, and you mentioned Robbie that that. Jesus refers to Satan as the ruler of, of this world, right? He does, yes. Which you preached on. I did. That's yes. why I was that's why I, That's why I remembered that so quickly. Yes. So I think, uh, so I would say, I guess the, the short answer or the abbreviated answer, if you if you have motion sickness now in, in the train of thought that just went around and around and around, I would say that the context of this is he's saying in John 15 through 17, he's talking he's talking about the world in the sense of the kingdom of darkness that opposes the kingdom of God. And so when he's saying that, I'm not I'm not praying for those who belong to the kingdom of darkness. That's not who I'm praying on behalf of. I'm praying on behalf of those who are yours and who belong to you through grace. And and you have you have um, chosen that that's who I'm praying for. Whereas in John 3, He's talking about the world and using it more of 
in a much broader sense of as he's answering the question of how how has God become incarnate and stepped into time and space and into creation into the world and what did he come into the world to do yeah no that's that's really good so hopefully that's helpful so on on the on the topic of context and understanding like who's who's being spoken to and and uh and whatnot I think there's an we could point to another kind of transition in this prayer where in verse 20 Jesus kind of shifts gears a little bit and and while initially he's evidently praying for the apostles specifically in verse 20 he says I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word and then he goes on with with several prayer requests in that should we read that as a change in audience because he says, okay, I was praying for them, and now I'm praying for this other group. Um, how how would the context imply we should understand that? Yeah, and you you and I were talking about this and how that question has come up before. Of is it is it right to apply the first 19 verses to us when it seems like there's a transition? And I would just say I, I don't see that in verse 20. I don't see that as Jesus saying, okay, I was praying for the disciples. Now I'm turning my attention to those who would come after them. I think he is gathering them into it. I think he is Mm -hmm. praying specifically for the disciples. And now he's, but all those things he's praying for them, he's expanding that circle. So I think it's both. I think he's, he's specifically praying for his disciples, but that circle, then he expands it to also apply to all of us because he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So he's saying, I, these things that I just prayed, I'm not asking just for the people I'm praying about specifically right here. I'm praying also, I'm asking this for those who would come after. Um, and then we also, that's confirmed, I think, in, um, or at least affirmed, in that the prayers are very similar. He immediately starts praying for unity, which we're going to be talking about. That's the message for this upcoming weekend, um, which he prayed for earlier. So this whole idea of unity, that the, the prayers are very similar. And in a lot of ways, he goes on and reiterates the things that he yeah. prayed earlier. So I think I think it's fair to apply that. Um, I, I think it's fair that anything he's praying for in those first 19 verses, it's fair to apply that to us. Right on. Would you agree with that? That's good news. Yeah. You're supposed to, this is the point where you're supposed to disagree if you disagree. I am? Yeah. If you disagree. Oh. I disagree. <laughs> I just, that's clickbait. I'm <laughs> trying to get our ratings up. Rabbi, <laughs> we got to get some like. Do we, do we need to have a, have a, have a, have a debate on yeah. one of these things? I think we, people have asked for that. People they, have asked yeah. for that, which I find odd. Why, why do they want us to disagree with one another, Jay? I, well. I don't. I can't pretend to understand people's motives anymore. Huh. However, I, I think the positive side of that is I have heard people say, "I just I want to hear people. I want to hear people who are united and are together. I want to hear how they disagree about things." Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah. we'll do that on some podcast. We'll have to find some things that you and I disagree on that we are still um, still brothers and can disagree civilly and I that that okay that actually could be a really potentially helpful process because I think I mean as I was going through um, 
my sermon from a couple of weeks ago, one of the things one of the things that I try to do often when I'm particularly when I'm preparing a sermon, but anytime I'm wrestling with a, a specific uh, concept that I'm either struggling with or maybe I feel a little too overconfident in, uh, and I'm not sure why I feel so confident, I, I I try to read people that I know love Jesus but disagree with me. Um, I want I want to read the opposing argument um, because that both helps me to remember that there are redeemed and adopted children of God who think things different yes. than me, which is helpful in, I'm sure you'll get into that next week when we're talking about unity mm -hmm. and how that does not mean uniformity. That means being able to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, reach across those differences and, and choose to be united in spite of those differences. Um, but also it, it corrects me in in those things and so when you and i have one of those discussions or or when i read an opposing view and and that helps me realize okay obviously i'm not omniscient there's some things about this i don't understand that both helps strengthen my understanding and confidence in the things that are true and helps correct me in the things that are not or at the very least it softens it kind of uh, sands down the sharp edges where I am, I'm not going to say this from the standpoint of, you know, well, I believe this because I read the Bible, because there are people who read the Bible also who come to a different conclusion and may or may not know the Bible better than I do. So at the very least, it's going to soften those edges. So I think that could be really potentially beneficial as long as it doesn't totally come off the rails and turn into a <laughs> faith U UFC. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the church, church splits. And it's like, what? You think this? I mean, I think it is. I think that's a critical thing like that helps. And, and that will probably make its way into the sermon this weekend. But the idea of understanding, like, what are the closed-handed issues? What are the things that the church has historically understood as these are the these are the key things? And then these are other areas and other issues that we have differing views on. And I think... Um, I think it, it is really helpful. Unfortunately, I feel like I feel like today it used to feel as though I could reference um, a, a respected theologian or author and say, well, they actually hold this view. And, and I think there was a time where somebody would hear that and say, oh, um, I guess godly people can disagree about this because yeah. obviously this person loves Jesus and right. loves the Bible and that has demonstrated that. And, and so, okay, I, I can, I can understand that that is a different viewpoint. Um, but now I feel like it gets used then to discredit that person. Right. Like, oh, well now that's another person who's off the rails because they, they disagree on this, spe you know, specific this, issue. Yeah. On this non-doctrinally essential point. Right. Therefore I, they don't believe the doctrinally essential points. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an incredibly dangerous and, and, and surprisingly like counterintuitively biblically unfaithful position to take. Correct. Which now you just might as well preach the sermon for this weekend. Like let's just, <laughs> just get it over with. We can record it. We can post it. And, uh, you know, you can, Dude, we can it's sleep be in good. It's going to be good. I can't wait to hear your take on it, and then I'll take notes of all the things that I disagree on yes. regarding your take, and then yeah. we can duke it out next podcast. It is that would that'll be fantastic. Well, and and to that point, I think 
if you have issues, like this is a great time to plug for people that ask questions. Like if there are things, um, it doesn't have to just be uh, things that you don't understand or you feel like you could use some light you know, or shed on uh, a particular issue. It could be maybe, maybe the thing that you need help understanding is how somebody could th- arrive at a different conclusion on something. Yeah. Um, you know, Robbie and I, yeah. you, you, you and I were just having that conversation before, um, before this of, uh, different people who have different views on, on what the Bible teaches on, on what we're, what we should eat and what we don't eat and mm-hmm. when we worship and all these different things. And there's a difference between even like, I understand how somebody can arrive there. I just, I don't agree with that or I don't arrive there. Um, and then or saying, well, not only do I not understand how you got there, like that is a that's a divisive issue, right? And and I can't I can't fellowship or, or see you as part of I don't right. I can't you. even view you as part of the church, right. Because of our disagreement on this particular issue, yeah. And I and I think this it is an important thing to to discuss and dig into, um, partly because even as I'm thinking about that. I realize that a lot of people say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but then they functionally act in that way. Hmm. You know, like I, I functionally act as though I'm breaking fellowship with you. I actually do break fellowship with you, even though I would say, no, I don't think that this is essential. Like Christ is the way to salvation or, um, or Christ, you know, is, is divine or any of those different things that we would say, Hey, these are, these are deal breakers. Um, we'll say it's not a deal breaker, but we'll live as though it is. Yeah. And talk as though it is. Hmm. So how do you know, I mean, not to go on too much of a tangent, but I feel like we've got a few more minutes that we can entertain this. Um, This kind of goes back to the question about, you know, when you're understanding scripture and you're trying to figure out, okay, what does he mean by world here and, and world there? And, and that, that does mean that there are times that we didn't even delve into all the theological issues that are debated in John three sixteen, um, and, and where on which godly people and people who love Jesus and love the Bible disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you know when it's something that's worth kind of digging in on? And how do you know when it's something where you can just say, Oh, we agree to disagree. Man, that's a really good question. I, that feels like a question for next week. Probably after, does. After we have kind of a foundation of you unpacking biblical unity and what that means and what it doesn't. Um, I, you my, just gave a tease. I did. And my, and my teaser is it, for next podcast is going to be, I don't think the answer is what most of us think the answer is. Ooh. And Tune you'll in f- next week. Yeah, you'll find out after the break. And by break, we mean next week. Oh man, Robbie, this, we just stumbled onto something. What's that? Well, I think we'll have, usually we lose like 90% of our listeners each week. Your statistics, man, for a numbers guy, <laughs> your statistics I'm pretty sure, are questionable. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. I think, yeah, we've, our, our audience has decreased by 90% every week, <laughs> but you just found a way to, to like, we now have negative zero <laughs> listeners. We have negative zero. We have negative zero listeners and computers everywhere are imploding. <laughs> I, but now I feel like we will, you, you just stem that tide. We you've, can only you've hope. Reversed it. You've reversed it. We'll so see. Tune in next week when we delve more into the priestly prayer of Jesus, especially specifically the points on unity. 
And thank you for listening this week. And thank you for the listener question. Hopefully, we will get some more that we can unpack, uh, hopefully fruitfully and helpfully, next week. Thanks for listening. Grace and peace to you. Thank you.